Welcome to Speak Family. It's about to be an incredible action-packed show. You do not want to go anywhere. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That is the one and only Dave Hellman, Joy Taylor, and the Eagles' all-time rushing leader, LaShawn Shady McCoy, over 15,000 yards in his NFL career. But I got to talk about these Dallas Cowboys, America's team. Why? Because they're still looking at Odell Beckham the way that Odell Beckham is looking at this trophy. But guess what, America? Guess what, Cowboys? Y'all don't need to be. See, y'all don't need Odell as much as you desperately think you do. Why? Because since Dak has been back, the Dallas Cowboys offense is literally firing on all cylinders. Think about it. Scoring offense first in the league, total offense second, third down offense first, and third down, as y'all know, is money down. So, Cowboys, if y'all are this good without Odell Beckham on offense, why do you think you so desperately need him? Okay, you need him to beat playoff teams? Do you? Against the Minnesota Vikings, you put up 40 points. In Minnesota, you beat them 40-3. to That's a playoff team, currently the number two seed. You beat the Giants, a playoff team, putting up 28 points in that game. You put up 49 points four weeks ago. So as I look at it, the Cowboys do not desperately need Odell Beckham like they are acting on social media. And in reality, the Cowboys have enough talent on the roster to win the Super Bowl without him. But I got to come to the desk because I got enough talent at this desk. To answer this question, Dave Hellman, you are the Cowboys expert, sir. I say this every day. I will continue to. Ten years you cover the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Do they need Odell Beckham? They do. The Super Bowl? They, they absolutely do. And I, first of all, thank you for making Shady look at that big graphic of how good their offense has been since Did Dak Prescott came Did you see it? Were you looking? Out. Real big. <laughs> First in the league. But guess, here's, here's the thing. It's really nice. Efficiency has been the name of the Cowboys game. But where they lack, in my opinion, is explosiveness. Sure. They're 19th in the league in passing plays of 20-plus yards. <laughs> they did. They did. beat the. They put it on the Vikings. They had some nice plays against New York. But my thing is, <clears throat> this team is meant to move the ball down the field gradually. They run the ball really well. Their best pass-catching options are C.D. Lamb and Dalton Schultz, who make the majority of their plays over the middle of the field. That can go haywire. We saw it happen against Green Bay. We saw it happen in the first half against the New York Giants before they got their act together. I think this team is lacking that little extra something. Again, we've talked about this with Odell before. I'm not looking for a guy who needs to come in and be the guy right away. CD's been awesome this year. You still have Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup, looking like he's getting better after his ACL tear, but it's been an up-and-down season since he came back. They need another guy that scares defenses. Because, again, CD, he's going to get the most of the attention. He plays over the middle of the field more often than not. Your second-best option in terms of generating big plays it's Tony Pollard. And, and that's not – I mean, as a knock, he's really good at it. But when you're in a situation where you need to throw the ball, you need somebody else. Like, like the, the explosive passing plays have been missing from this team. I think a guy like Odell Beckham could do a lot to put them over the top. Their offense is really good, could be even better with another playmaker like him. Jordan, Shady insisted he wanted to go. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, I like when he goes and I could go after him. Go ahead. Uh, well, first of all, uh, he's right, right, about the explosive. Whoa! And, 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 and I'm going to say yes. I think having Odell Beckham makes him a, a Super Bowl contender. Just, just to get there. I can see that. Good defense, right? Solid defense. Got the pass rusher. They run the ball very well. But he's talking about explosive plays. Mm-hmm. He's right. Look at the Dallas Cowboys offense. They're ran by the running game, right? Sure. Two running backs in the backfield. Zeke is still solid and powerful. And then you got Pollard, who's the explosive running back. And after that, I mean, you have a superstar that's a game manager quarterback. That's right. I said it. That Prescott just manages the games. Honestly, you talk about explosions. They don't throw the ball over 20 yards. In the last two games, they're averaging only five yards in the air passing. You know what that means? That Dak is throwing check down routes. And flats. And every once in a while, CeeDee Lane has to make a one-hand one, one catch on the helmet, right, to, to get a long pass. Mm-hmm. I'm being serious, though. I'm joking, but I'm being serious. So I think Odell can, can stretch the field a little bit, give him some big play capability because they don't have that. When you have a, a, a quarterback that's a, a game manager, you want to let your other players do all the work. But, Shady, on the road, which the Cowboys would have to go if they wanted to get to the Super Bowl, on the road, you got to pack your defense, you got to pack your running game. Okay. The Cowboys have a great defense and they have a great running mm-hmm. game. Why in the world do you think it's imperative that all of a sudden you got to pack a superstar receiver as well? Because they need one more piece. So let's just say this, right? I always love to talk about my Eagles, right? If you shut the Eagles' running game down, Jalen Hurts can still throw the ball down the field mm-hmm. and make things happen. What happens when the Cowboys, they can't run the ball? They play against, I don't know, a team like the Niners. The, the Niners. The Niners, right? They, they stop the run. Now you got to make this game manager, and Dak Prescott beat you. Who you going to beat him with? The CD Lamb by himself? Michael Gallup is only averaging 30 yards a game? 
These are real. These are real issues that can happen. You throw so a new you, game manager around a lot for a guy who's got the number one offense in the league since he came back. Yeah, you want to show me stats? I go by the eyeball test. Oh, okay. And you watch the eyeball test? They're throwing flats and checkdowns. Am I lying? You're number one in the am league. Am I lying? On Sam, third, am I on lying? Third down. Yes. Y'all get left. Yes. Because yes, yes. you know what you watch. No, you're, you're listen, are incorrect America, about this. Every you're day not, we go to these right production meetings and we watch the tape on Dak Prescott. And all he does, they run the ball, right? They do flats and slants. And then here and there, they do the play action. He rolls out wide open tight end. He just ducks it over there. And it's not like he's out just dying people up on the field. Don't do that. Don't lie to the people in the world. They need to know what's really going on. Are you on. lying to the people, Dave? Yeah, and I'm once, tired of it. I've never once told them. I will lie. never lie to the people. You know how you hard it is to have the number one third down offense in the NFL? You know how hard that is? How hard is it when, you, when you're getting third and fours, third and threes? That's because you run the ball Let's well. Let's not get distracted. Let's not get distracted. Yeah. Joy, bring us back on track. Do the Cowboys need Odell to get to the Super Bowl? We'll just Tell them the later. truth, Joy. Tell them the truth. They need one more piece. Aggressive teams win Super Bowls. You have everything that Shady and Dave just mentioned in different ways. <laughs> you have a great run game. You have an explosive defense. You have an offense that's been able to move the ball, been able to get third down conversions, yep. which is very important. That's right. It's but very important. But as we important. know, in the postseason, all that matters, but what also <clears throat> matters a lot is moments. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a big play in a big moment. Somebody's got to show up. Somebody's got to make that play when you're going up against a team like the Niners, when you're going up against playoff teams that have everything that we're mentioning that the Cowboys have and might have something a little extra. Mm. You have to have that little extra. What's, what's the loss for the Cowboys in bringing in Odell? For certain teams, I think you could make an argument because Odell is a, is a star, mm -hmm. right? Odell is a, is, is a one-namer. You don't have to explain Odell. But the Cowboys are always in the news. This is the Dallas Cowboys. We're always talking about the Dallas Cowboys. If, they were, if he was going to a team where perhaps it could mess up the chemistry or it could take attention away from a young player who's developing, who's, who, who might feel like you know, Odell's taken away from him, something like that. Or it's a team that really can't handle the type of attention that the Dallas Cowboys will get if Odell shows up there. That's not the case at all. It wasn't the case with the Rams last year because there's stars everywhere. It's Los Angeles. Welcome. Welcome to yeah. Hollywood. Right. <laughs> there's, there's stars everywhere. We're, not, we're competing with each other. We're competing together. That's how this works. And the Cowboys are set, set up similarly. Now, McFay is a better coach than Mike McCarthy, in oh, my yeah, opinion. Sure. But I think that the Cowboys could not only bring Odell in and it would work because of the Dallas Cowboys, but I think that they need an extra piece. Let's explore that idea. You ask a great question. You said, what is the loss? I asked myself that question this morning. Do you all remember the very first play with Odell Beckham with the, four, with the Rams last year? The very first play. Of his, of his, in the with the Rams, not off the top I, of my head. The no. very first play was a now screen, Matthew Stafford. Right now, Odell Beckham. They wanted to get him a touch. It was incredible. Why? Because Odell Beckham left the Browns because he was getting no touches. So it was like, okay, Sean McVay, if you're going to acquire this dude, get him the ball right now. That was the first play. Now, if y'all didn't remember the first play, I doubt y'all remember the fourth. So I will tell you all. The fourth play, Matthew Stafford, if you recall, forces the ball into double coverage interception. The Niners beat the Rams 31 to 10. The Rams go on to lose the following week. The reason I say this is because if it's not broke, Joy, my thought process is don't fix it. And the Dallas Cowboys offense right now, it's not broke. Dave, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say. You followed Dale Beckham's career since 2013. You followed the Cowboys since 2012. If I'm looking at the Cowboys offense and you put up 40 points, you put up 49 points, you put up 28 points, a 40-point game and a 28-point game came against playoff teams. If you buy somebody a great gift, they have to use it. Shady, I'm sure you don't buy little man gifts for birthday or for Christmas. When you buy little wait, man... Wait, wait, let's say my son, because little man is... He plays <laughs> I knew for you were going to say Little man plays for Cardinals. <laughs> yeah. I knew he was going to say uh, that. I'm sure you bought your son a birthday gift for, uh, for Christmas, et cetera, or for his birthday. He got to use it. The Xbox. You, don't you don't play, play my game. I got your Xbox. Play your game. You're right about that. <laughs> if you acquire Odell Beckham, Dave, you know better than anybody, you got to use him. But if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Respond to that. I'm not going to go as far as to say the Cowboys' offense is broke, but... It's inconsistent. I touched on that at the top of this. Like, we've seen moments, even during this stretch where they've been really, really good, we've seen these moments where, ironically, the Cowboys have gotten into trouble because Dak Prescott has tried to force plays. And honestly, it seems like it always happens over the middle of the field because that's where he likes to find C.D. Lamb, and that's where the defense is focused. And what? if it's not perfect, it turns into a turnover. Doesn't that make it worse? If Odell Beckham's on the field, as you saw with Matthew Stafford and Sean McVay, you got to force it to him. You have to. It's Odell Beckham. Doesn't that put Dak Prescott in an even bigger bind? If Odell's on the field, he better get 
touches. No, and and look, I mean, I can't speak to Odell Beckham's heart, but like as long as Odell Beckham is okay being a part of this and not the guy, yeah. I mean, if Odell wants to have the ball fed to him ten times a game for the whole time that he's with the Cowboys, that could be problematic. I'm counting on between Dak Prescott's leadership and the star power on this offense and what the Cowboys have a chance to do, which is be one of the best two, three teams in the NFL, I would expect a little amount of buy-in. And if Odell Beckham is willing to buy in, Dak Prescott's greatest strength is that he will look for the open play. That's honestly why he's been getting in trouble, in my opinion, is because he's tried to force more plays than what he's accustomed to because C.D. Lamb is his guy. That's where the ball goes because there isn't another uh, a guy to turn to. But over the course of his career, we've always seen Dak Prescott say, my favorite receiver is the open receiver. Mm-hmm. So adding Odell Beckham into that mix gives you a guy that can win favorable matchups and a guy who can become the open receiver. So, no, I, I don't think that would be problematic if, at all. If anything, I think it plays into Dak Prescott's strengths. Yeah. Keep in mind, Matthew Stafford was throwing quite a bit of interceptions last mm-hmm. year. Like <laughs> That's true. A lot. Mm-hmm. I think he was leading the league. It was bad. It was really bad. It was bad. No, I'm saying, I, I don't think there'll be an issue. I think that the Odell Beckham now, I mean, if, if he wanted to go get a lot of touches, he'll go to the Giants. They have no receivers, right. right? But he wants to go to a winning team. And I think it, in this point in his career, it helps him out because he's played for the Rams, where he wasn't the best wide receiver, right? They had a guy. And he actually came to come there, right? He came there, and then he, he gelled well. He got his plays. He, like, he was happy there. They had a great chemistry. So I think he's at a point in his career where he wants to win but also be involved. Let me ask you this finally before you take us home. You went from Philadelphia Eagles, all-time leading rusher, Buffalo Bills, 1,300-yard season, couple all-pros in Buffalo. Then you leave Buffalo and you go to the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. You go yeah. to the Chiefs immediately. You are LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. I will not draw the parallel to Odell Beckham, but for what it's worth, you had more Pro Bowls than Odell Beckham, if I'm not mistaken. You are a big name, but you had to fall in line to some degree. How hard is that as a superstar, as yeah. a all-time leader at a certain place, to fall in line it, uh, it was tough at first right because I think that's kind of the kind of the reason why I stopped playing as much at the end um things I was used to doing like, hey this isn't right and I might call it out and it's like listen this team is so good check that ego at the door I mean they had me around Patrick Mahomes they had me around Travis Kelsey and Tyree Hill was still there so it's like if you don't want to do what we ask you to do we won't play you and they did and they still won the championship now let me ask you this because at the time, this is 2019? Yeah. At the time in 2019, you had accomplished more than Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and Patrick Mahomes. I don't think he was league MVP until the end of the 2019 season. No, 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 he was season. MVP. No, he yeah, was he, he was him. So you, you had accomplished more than Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Did you not still feel like, yeah, 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 y'all nice and all, and this is y'all's team and all, but I am who I am? Well, let's not forget. Hold up. When I got there, I got busy. I didn't even know the offense. First game, 10 for 89. Like, I got busy. My second, my third game, I was a starting running back. <laughs> so I was getting busy, but it was more of uh, they thought about a lot, right? And I'm like, all right, coach, hey, we, we up by 14. We playing the Raiders. Like, I, I'm trying to get mines. And that's not the, that's not the, the, the way they How play How hard there. was that? That's what I'm trying to figure yeah, out. No, that was hard. That was definitely hard. Me and Eric Bieniemy had a little thing about that because I'm like, hey, man, like, we doing RPOs for what? You know he going to pull it and pass it. And I might say little things, hey, Pat. Hey, Pat, yo, I'm here. <laughs> so, and Andy Reid, one thing about him, he's all about winning. I don't care who's getting the stats, right? He'll do stuff like, I want to run the in Philadelphia, I want to run the ball, I want the ball. Okay, with the ball, cool. I'm going to give you a screen. I want the rushing yards. But small little messages like, listen, this is my team. I'm all about winning. So, when I got there, that's one thing I had to check at the door is the ego. Like, we're all trying to win. And however we win, that's how we win. It's not about Shady McCord. It's not about... Kelsey. It's not about it's about whatever it takes to win this game. That's why they're so good because they all can check their ego at the door. This will be interesting because we know CeeDee Lamb, we know Ezekiel Elliott, we know Dak Prescott, we know Micah Parsons, we know Demarcus Lawrence. A lot of egos in Dallas, but they have a lot of winning as well. We'll see if Odell ever becomes a part of it. Coming up, speaking of teams that don't have a lot of winning, the Colts. One and two now, Jeff Saturday is, and they could not close it out last night. Understand the foolish decision that Jeff Saturday made at the end of the game that may have cost his team the game. We have to break that down. You do not want to miss it. It was wild. Next, Steve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now look, it was clear cut for the USA in the World Cup today. Beat Iran and advance. It's as simple as that. Stars and stripes, they struck first in the 38th minute. But Christian Pulisic paid the price after scoring and had to set out the second half with an injury. The U.S. held on for the 1-0 win to get out of the group stage. Next up in the round of 16 against the Netherlands on Sunday. Coverage begins 9 a.m. Eastern. Saturday. It is on Saturday. Y'all don't have to wait till Sunday. Coverage begins 9 a.m. Eastern on Fox. We Liddy on the show, Woo! baby. USA. 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 Guts. I ain't, boy, I ain't never been. Stuff. I ain't never been so stressed in my entire yeah, life. Yeah, it was so stressful. Me and Dave were watching the end of that together. It was stressful. I was cussing. Oh, got Hit it though. Got the got the dub though. Back. No more, no more, no hey, more, no more. I'm already worried about Saturday. I'm already worried about Saturday. I believe that we will win. Wonderful, incredible. I believe that we will win. I just want to get a jersey. Where you get the jersey? I'm from USA too. Hey. I ain't new to this. I'm true to this, okay? Ben had this. He's got ben the real deal right there. Yeah. <laughs> well, what you got? I got a scarf. You know, it's a soccer thing. Well, I'm from USA, too. Soccer thing. You know, like, I'm, I mean, like, you want your... You want some merch? <laughs> I feel you it. got a sweater? Look, tomorrow we all decked out. And come Saturday, <laughs> it's lit. Now, everybody talking about the end of last night's game as we transition to American football. Indianapolis Colts, they were in a tough one. Remember, just Saturday, he took over as the coach just a few weeks ago, and that caused quite the stir. But what caused an even bigger stir? But the game was winding down. The Colts had three timeouts. They desperately needed to take one, and they never did. They run out of time. They lose the game. Matt Ryan gets sacked, and it was pure chaos. Jeff Saturday's clock management was called out. And earlier today, he said, quote, I wish I had the third down back. I wish I called the timeout. Again, for reference, it was first and 10. Matt Ryan gets sacked. It's second and 17. There's a minute, 20 seconds on the clock. Matt Ryan scrambles. It is now third and three. There's 52 seconds on the clock. Jeff Saturday never calls a timeout. They hand the ball off to uh, Jonathan Taylor. That gets stuffed. Colts inevitably lose the game. Jeff Saturday's decision-making was entirely too questionable. But, Joy, who do you blame? And do you blame Jeff Saturday for the loss? Yeah, of course you have to blame Jeff Saturday for the loss. He's the head coach. He's the guy making all the decisions. He's the guy winning the storybook wins those Super Bowls for the Colts in the middle of the season over the Raiders, <laughs> right? I mean, all sarcasm aside, this is on the head coach. You, this, is, this is situational football. If this was Mike McCarthy, would we blame anyone other than Mike McCarthy? Right, that's true. True. That's true. True. I would. We would not. It true. would be Mike McCarthy's <laughs> fault. I'm pretty sure if Jeff Saturday was back where he was a few weeks ago with us with the heated blanket on his lap talking with some coffee in front he of him, would blame he it. would blame himself. There you go. True. There you go. And I'm sure he does. This is situational football. They had an opportunity, and they had three timeouts. It's not like you had one timeout and you, you were holding on to it to so use it strategically and it just didn't work out. You, what do you mean you had more time? You thought you had more time. Did you, did you not see the clock? Was, there, was it hidden? There were fans in front of it? I don't understand. This was a pretty, I don't want to call it a simple football situation, but you had a lot of timeouts, as in all of your timeouts left. You have a veteran quarterback on the field. Right, that's true, yeah. So, th- so there really is no, there's nowhere else to me to point the blame, to put, to put the blame. And you have guys upstairs telling you what to do. So I don't really know how this played out here. Um, I mean, if you're trying to save time, to not give the Steelers any time uh, if you score. And, and the other part is they don't need a field goal. You need a touchdown. Yeah, 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 so what are these hard. calls? Yeah. You need to push it down the field. It's not like you're trying to get into field goal range or not fumble the ball because you're in field goal range and just finish the game. You're not leaving any time for Kenny Pickett? I mean, I, I love Kenny, but, like, this is be serious that here. gunslinger, Kenny right. Pickett. Like, this is, if this was Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen on yeah, the other side, sure. you know, like, okay, I hear you. But that's not the situation here. So there's, there's just way more questions than answer, answers for how this played out. Nah, she's right. I mean, he definitely gets a lot of the blame. I mean, but they, they did, what, put up zero points or zero yards in the first quarter? That was crazy. Like, punt, 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 punt. So, I mean, it's hard to get – it takes so much energy, right, if the offense is, is a stalemate, right? In the whole first half, you're not moving the ball at all. So then the second half, you got to use all that energy. We got to get stops. We got to drop. We got to get points. So all that, I, I guess, is a, is a count, it counts to what happened with the loss. But he definitely gets a lot of blame for that because even with the timeouts, like, like you talked about, first of all, y'all need a touchdown. Right. And then when I'm watching the game, which is crazy, is when they didn't take the timeout, I'm thinking, like, oh, well, maybe, like, something happened with the clock on TV because yep. – Obviously, they have to take a timeout. Yep. You got three of them. Sure. Talk about it. That, that was bad. And I, I just think that having a veteran quarterback who's like 40-plus years old, he should know. And then this, he played. He talked about how he had a great resume playing ball. Like, coach, 
You should know that. If you don't know that, somebody in your crew, one of the homies got to say, hey, we need a timeout. We need a timeout. So he gets a lot of blame for that. We saw this this weekend. In case y'all weren't watching, Bucks, Browns. 17-17. Mm. Yep. 32 seconds left. Here we go. Bucks have three timeouts. Tom Brady throws a screen on the first play. They gain about seven yards. It's second and four. They okay. gain six yards. Okay. 26 seconds left. No timeout is taken. Tom Brady finds Mike Evans for a plus like 25 yards. They're now at the 50-yard line, relatively speaking. But they wasted 20 seconds. No timeout was taken. Oh. Head coach uh, Todd Bowles crushed at the podium. Crushed the next day because he didn't take no timeouts. And Todd Bowles was like, well, you know, I just didn't want to throw an interception. Crush, because they're like, Tom Brady throws an interception 0.04% of the time. And that was just playing for a tie. Yep. Jeff Saturday was playing to at least go tie. So you have to give Jeff Saturday similar criticism, because we literally saw this the day before. Todd Bowles, three timeouts, takes none. Bucks inevitably lose. Jeff Saturday, three timeouts with significantly more time, all the more reason to take a timeout, and you don't do it. But, Joy, this is why I was so frustrated is at the presser, Jim Mersey, owner, Jeff Saturday, coach. Jim Mersey said, I'm glad he doesn't have coaching experience because I don't want him to live in fear like other coaches right. do. When in reality, coaching experience doesn't implicitly cause you to live with fear. It causes you, you to live with education. Yeah. You got three times now. Experience and experience. You gotta take one, gotta coach. Take that. Yeah. So that is why I put all the blame on him, Dave Hellman. Where are you at? I, everything y'all just said is right, and I definitely blame Jeff Saturday, and that's inexcusable by head coaching standards, really, at like any level of football. My thing is just like, how does it get to the point? Enjoy, no offense to your Steelers, but like, how does it get to the point where you're desperately driving to tie this Steelers team? That's that's the thing. Is like. I don't want to say I absolved Jeff Saturday, but, like, really where my focus is, like, how are the Colts this bad? How are the Colts so bad that they open with a pick, they go three and out, they go three and out, they miss a field goal in the first half, they're down 16-3 to at home to a team starting a rookie quarterback who throughout the season has struggled to score points. Like, throughout, it's like if the Steelers get to 20 points, it's like, nice game from the rookie this week. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't understand it. The offensive line was the highest paid coming into the season. Ching, ching. Matt Ryan got sacked three times. But, like, even on top of that, you just – you know when you're watching bad offensive line play where you're like, this dude is just praying to have time to get, like, one read off. You know, like, I don't, I don't understand how the Colts are just so overmatched. That's – what did you pick them for this year? I picked them to win the, <laughs> to win the, the division. But you, but, you're, but you are right. The Colts are a disappointment They're this so year. They're so disappointing. The only reason that we're even really talking about this is because Jeff Saturday True. is the interim coach. If Frank Reich was still the coach of this Colts team, we probably we might not even add this in the show today no. because the reality is, yes, they are a colossal disappointment. They're not really a good team this year. And that's all the more reason why all this – whatever this was, about them beating the Raiders. Like, I, I don't know if it's premature for me to say this, but I feel like, I feel like maybe Frank Wright could have pulled that off. Very yeah. likely. He's yeah. definitely better. I like, yeah. I like the odds. That. I like so the maybe odds. we should have been throwing a parade and talking about who you crap in after one win over the Raiders. Not saying that this whole thing, the rest of this could fall apart, but take a look at the rest of the Colts' schedule for this year. You feeling good about it? Feeling froggy? Because I'm not. And the, the overall point is the Colts are really not that great of a team this no. year. And... Mike Tomlin is a great coach yep. who is going to have a team prepared, mm -hmm. and you shouldn't be losing like that to a rookie quarterback if you're bragging like that, I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Flips hair. Well, speaking of other teams in dire situations, the Green Bay Packers. Aaron Rodgers, he has been hurt last game, but they had some breaking news, at least he did. He came on a show today and said he will be playing. Oh. That might not be the best thing for the Packers and their future. Coming up, we have to discuss. Eyes, That's though. a very angelic shot. Oh, yeah. Eyes, I feel bad for him. Well, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are in quite the dilemma. Rodgers exited the nationally televised game against the Eagles with rib and a thumb injury. But insert Jordan Love played the rest of the way. 113 passing yards, touchdown. He tried to lead a comeback, but Jalen Hurts was having none of it. Rodgers said earlier today, quote, I got some good news. Cam yesterday said everything was good, so I plan on playing this week. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. But, Joy, where do you stand? Do you think that it would be a mistake to play Rodgers this weekend? I think it would be. I mean, if he is actually healthy enough to play, I don't know that they really have a choice. But if he's forcing his way out there, 
eventually when they become completely mathematically eliminated, I just think that they should take it out of his hands and see what you have in Jordan Love. The worst case scenario for the Packers at this point is that they go into this offseason. The season's over. They still don't have an answer on Jordan Love, and they don't have an answer from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the one holding the ball. <laughs> if he decides to take his ball and go home, mm -hmm. they're going to be left holding a check. And not a check that they want to hold because they don't have an answer on what to do with Jordan Love. You have to have clarity. It is imperative if you're the organization to have clarity. I understand Aaron Rodgers is someone that you have to deal with delicately. As a star, perhaps he's earned that. I don't know. But you did pay him $50 million a year. Mm. So I feel like that buys you a little wiggle room in conversations. Like, we have honored you. We did that by writing you a big old check, which he deserved, but they did write it to him. So do not the Packers have the leeway to say, hey, we paid you, but this is our organization, and out of respect for you, we gave you $50 million. We would like to know what our future holds because we don't know if you're going to be here next year. What's Aaron Rodgers going to do? If he doesn't come back next year, then they have their answer on Jordan Love and they can know what to do moving forward. Because either way, no matter how any of this plays out, after next year, Aaron Rodgers is very likely not to be there anymore. After next year? Yes. Mm -hmm. That's the end of his contract. Right. Yep. Shady, you said something fascinating in the pre-show meeting. I loved what you had to say. You said that Aaron Rodgers has to play on this week, but you elaborated because of the money, et cetera. Do you think it would be a mistake for Rodgers to play? Nah, no, no mistake. Listen, when we sign these contracts and we, we decide to play this game, it's a brotherhood, right? Especially when it's like a younger team. Now, now I'll give you a difference. Like the Rams, they're a little older team. They're not going anywhere. They're not winning games, right? They're all going to be hurt. The starting quarterback, wide receiver, Aaron Donald, Ramsey's next. Nope, they're not going to play. I've been there. Hey, we all hurt. We're not doing good. Nobody's playing. But this is a different team. They're still young. I think Aaron Rodgers, he signed that big deal, right? He has a lot of young receivers. And, like, the next year for them starts now. Yeah. He missed OTAs. He missed all the little mini camps. He got to get it back now on, on the back end. So now they get the, the reps, the real live reps with his young guys and see what they look like for next year. Jordan Love, just take a seat like you've been doing. Your time will come one day. But right now, it's still Aaron Rodgers' show. But, Shady, if you want to look at the future right now, that's why I want to look at Jordan Love right now. He's not the future. I think Jordan Love is the present, and I think he's the future. You think he's the present? Yeah. Now, I'm taking a wild leap of faith. It sounds like A wild leap of faith. <laughs> and I'm not ignorant to the fact that I'm taking that leap of faith, but I'm taking that leap of faith based upon the history the Packers showed me. The Packers have done this before. You had Brett Favre. You drafted Aaron Rodgers late, pick 24 if I'm not mistaken. You had Aaron Rodgers. You drafted Jordan Love late, pick 27 if I'm not mistaken. You've done this before. You had a third-year quarterback in Aaron Rodgers sitting watching Brett Favre take over by the fourth year. You have a third-year quarterback in Jordan Love sitting watching Aaron Rodgers take over by the fourth year. You've done this before. I understand the math of it all. The math is bad. It's bad math. But I'm a don't-cry-over-spilled-milk type of person. The milk has been spilled. The money has been spent. It's spent on Aaron Rodgers. To me, Jordan Love has to be the future only because even if Aaron Rodgers was going to continue to be as great as he has been, you've seen it. You've talked about it. We all have. One Super Bowl, he goes to NFC Championship games, he loses. Now, I'm not going to cite that because he's there. But in the same hard breath, to do. which is incredibly hard okay, to come do, on. Uh -huh. which is – so I won't slight it, but I will say if Rodgers has this year and next year, you still got to go find a quarterback in 2024. Hold up. But if you can win a championship next year, right, and you're, you, let's say you suck for the next four years, that's okay, right? You could suck for the next four years, or you could suck for, like, the next 40 years. Correct. Mm. I'm going to say, if the championship won a Super Bowl with Rodgers, right, is, is greater than winning a Super Bowl with, with Jordan So Love. let's pause on that. Dave, weigh in here shortly, but let's pause there. I don't think the Packers have – a chance to win a championship with a non-committed version of Rodgers. Like, I don't think they have a chance to win a championship with the version of Aaron Rodgers that isn't at OTAs, that isn't at minicamp, and has new receivers. That, Shady, to me, is why I'm like, yeah, that's a, what you're saying is great. It'll be year I, two for them, boys, over the receivers. I don't receivers. think they actually have a chance with the non-committed version. Dave, you chime in on what you want to chime <clears> in on. Yeah, I mean, I... I think you have a chance at a championship when you have a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers. Right. Like, if he's playing at that his part. best. And on top of that, I get it. Like, the Packers did a terrible job of this. We've said it a million times. Like, they gave him a rookie drafted in the second round, a rookie drafted in the fourth round. That's what he had to work with. Next year, 
The Packers have a top 10 pick right now. Uh -oh. mm -hmm. That's not only a top 10 pick in the first round, but the second round as well. So you're talking about adding two top 50 picks. You add a true stud difference maker at receiver or, a, or an offensive tackle that is an absolute badass. Yeah, I absolutely. Yeah, Joy's laughing because I'm already talking myself into believing in the Packers <laughs> next no, year. No, I'm laughing they're not at even the idea done. that they're going to take a wide receiver with Fair, <laughs> totally fair. But, I'm, but it, they have a chance to replenish some of the problem spots on their roster. Like, I'm not ready. I got to see more to completely close the book on Aaron Rodgers potentially delivering one more championship to Green Bay. But – we don't have to worry about all that right now. That's why I said yesterday, this whole situation is a gift for Green Bay because the season's basically over. Doesn't mean Aaron Rodgers can't be your quarterback next year, but you have a chance to figure out what you have in Jordan Love, whether that means he's the future, whether that means you got to think about a new quarterback, a new guy that you got to draft. Whatever the outcome is, like Joy said, you just you need clarity on what it is. It doesn't mean he has to take the starting job and never get it back. You just can't be sitting around next year saying, man, I wish we knew if this kid was any good. You can't wind up in that situation. And, and honestly, it's a mistake if he plays because he'll probably win because he owns the Bears. He's always owns has. He said that oh, himself. So if, if they beat Chicago, now that's another week where they're not mathematically eliminated and another week where Aaron Rodgers is probably going to play. And by the end of the season, maybe Jordan Love gets a game. We talk about Aaron Rodgers here. It's not that easy. Thought he's just kind of tell him to kind of sit down. Mm -hmm. he, he's the you say all the time. He's the you know the, the guy that walks in like it's it's me. It's my it's my show. Oh, it's like we're losing. Can't be my fault. It's everybody else's fault. So the, the tell him that the smallest thing offends him. The GM even say anything about any other quarterback in the draft picks as a quarterback it, it, it offends him. Soon they drafted Jordan Love. Yeah, he was. He, he, he went saw, crazy. He talked about it. He talked talk, okay, and they was all scared. I remember interviewing um um um, um what's that coach uh, um. For the one. Packers, head coach. Not McCarthy. No, no. Before? Before. Yeah, before. Very free. So I get excited. Anyway, <laughs> before I interviewed him, and we were talking about Aaron Rodgers. Like, was he, is he going to sign back? He's like, oh, I hope he is. Like, his whole energy was like, dang, LaFleur, like, you really need him. You're scared of him. So what I'm saying is, like, he scares these guys. Mm -hmm. So to ask him, hey, you know, let's just see what we got for the future with Jordan. Like, what? Oh, to be clear, I don't think they're going to do any of this. You can't do it. But they should. They but should. Let me ask you this, Joy. As y'all are talking, I'm wondering, like, are our thoughts contradicting <laughs> themselves? Let me say it like this. If you are in a committed relationship, it doesn't behoove you to date somebody else while in a committed relationship. Because at the end of the day, oh. you don't want to know if it's better over there because you can't have it anyway. You in a committed relationship. So go out with her. Go out with him if you want to. But either way, you're in a committed relationship. They're not in a what committed relationship. What if you enjoy it? They are next year, if that's what y'all are telling me. Maybe. But they owe Aaron Rodgers $40 million next year, so you have to play him this year, you and you're committed to him next year. A $50 million ring. And you gave him a $50 million ring, so you owe him $50 million next year. Why even figure out what you have in Jordan Love? That's, that's where I'm at with it. Like, why even figure out? Because you have to make a decision by May if you want to pick up the fifth-year option. If you stuck with Rodgers next year anyway, I don't even want to know how good it is Who's over there. Who's saying that Aaron Rodgers is going to play next year? Aaron has talked about retiring for years now. Yeah. I like, don't think it, he turned down $50 million. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe not. Mean? Aaron Rodgers is a different so. cat. Aaron Rodgers doesn't want I was to go so surprised. And, and listen, that deal, it's that not, it's not that $50 million for an Instagram post. Uh, it's no, $50 million for another NFL season. Sure. For another another season of getting hit around, another season of potentially not winning. Sure. Okay, all those things, the, the picks and all that stuff, that's still young players that we don't know how right. they're going to develop into right away. And and I don't trust that they're going to take sure. a, 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 what, what, a what receiver point? or pick with that with that pick anyway. What, what point are you leading to? Because I I'm I saying that the, the Packers the Packers are if we are to believe all this, the Packers are at the whim of Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. That's true. So. If they just give in to his desires Which this they normally year, do. Okay, right, because they're shook. <laughs> and just play him and, and don't find out what Jordan Love is. And Aaron White wakes up from his next uh, ayahuasca trip and is like, I'm done with this football thing. And you didn't play Jordan Love. Well, now you can't decide if you're going to move on to another guy. You can't decide if you're going to get a Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody else. And you won't be able to decide if you're going to draft him either with that top pick because the draft will have already passed. But so, so, so you are absolutely at the whim of Aaron Rodgers, either now or after the season. So are you going to take the risk that you're going to offend him? Because is, is it him being offended enough to walk away from $50 million? I don't know. 
him not wanting to play genuinely, I think, would make him walk away from $50 million. Agreed. Now, I don't, I don't see him walking away from 50 After this million. season, he's not going to walk away from this. Yeah, I, I, I don't think like, that would happen. But on this. Yeah, he can't end like that. It's like, a possibility. Whoa, whoa. I don't see it happening. It is a possibility. I guess, Dave, end the thoughts, end the conversation, because if you have to play Aaron Rodgers next year and you're committed to playing Aaron Rodgers next year, why do you even want to know what Jordan Love has for you if you can't do anything with it? So now I just know this guy is good, but I can't really act on it. Elaborate on that for the viewers. You can do something with it. And I think I've told you this before. I don't love relationship analogies for football because this is a business. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm, not, I'm not here because I love you. You know, like, yeah, I need you to perform. And I'm like, I'd spend a first-round pick on this guy. And, and and I don't know anything about how good he is. Like, like that, that bothers me as a GM. That bothers me as a head coach. And look, look, I'm not saying you replace him if the season is still, you know, if, if everything's out in front of you, obviously that doesn't make any sense. But this is a rare opportunity to kind of have your cake and eat it too. And so knowing how good Jordan Love is, again, these people, you know, Brian Gutenkust is the GM of the uh, Green yeah, Bay Packers. He has to be thinking about 2024, 5, and right. 6. Yeah. Again, there's an analogy for this or a, a, a parallel, Aaron Rodgers signed an extension his first year as a starter. That's how little they had seen of him. He signed his first big boy contract in the NFL halfway through his first season. you got to be thinking about all that type of stuff. So like, then why, we need to know if we why, can extend Jordan Love, bring his do, cap hit down, Why all that then stuff. do you, if the Packers have done it before and it was a different regime, I believe it was Ted Thompson amongst others, it was not Gutenkunst, why then do the Packers need to see Jordan Love? If they've done this before where they gave Aaron Rodgers an extension without seeing him, remember, back in those days there was no fifth-year option for first-round picks, why do you think they even need to see him? They've signed somebody without seeing him. Because if you – and, I mean, it worked out for him. That's fair. I don't have a rebuttal for that. One but time. Exactly. If you make – I don't know the size of Jordan Love's contract, but for you to make that type of investment – you just get kind of antsy not knowing if it was a good investment, you know? Like, it, when you're just like, man, I really wish I knew if we'd made a good call or a bad call. And again, if the Packers were really in the hunt, I wouldn't be saying any of this. Yeah, but they're not. not. So why not figure out what you got and help yourself two, three, four years down the line. Truly fascinating stuff. What's going on in Green Bay? You want to stay tuned with that. But also, coming up, we got a more fascinating conversation. Jimmy G, the 49ers, they are rolling. Only undefeated team in the NFC since week eight. But now the question comes into, who is more important to that roster? Is it Jimmy G? Is it Kyle Shanahan? Jimmy G has lately been compared to Joe Montana. Oh, oh God. Oh, I didn't make the comparison. Oh, I just put it on. Oh, that did not be a topic next. The 49ers are coming off a shutout over time, a shutout win over the Saints and have now won four straight games. The Niners have been balling 10th total offense in the National Football League. Head coach Kyle Shanahan has been getting some credit, but so is Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G is an elite company. My jaw hit the ground when I read this. Oh, yeah, seriously. So I have to share it. I would be doing America a disservice if I not bring to your attention the statistic. Through the first 60 starts, Jimmy Garoppolo tied with Steve Young and ahead of Joe Montana. I did not create the news. I am simply delivering it. Now, what I am not doing is saying that Jimmy G is as good a quarterback. As no word near. So no, say it. Say it. No word near. near. All right. Thank you. Thank you. That is not what I am doing. But I am presenting information as an unbiased sports analyst in regards to what has happened in San <laughs> I think you're doing a disservice to America Look by, at face, though. She can't by publicizing I can't this, this in crazy. all honesty. You're getting scared away with this. Let me, let me, let's I, do this. I, look, what that graphic doesn't mention is the 25 games Jimmy took off. Sure. Didn't take off. He, he was injured. Or what about the 40 carries he's just given? Hey, Jerry Rice was out there, too. I digress. The more important oh, question that go. needs to be discussed is this, as my IFB is struggling to come in because this is so important. It comes down to who's more important to the 49ers' success. Is it Kyle Shanahan, the head coach, who is a boy genius, or is it Jimmy Garoppolo? Shady, you have the floor first, sir. <laughs> you the first. This, this storyline is from you, yo. <laughs> This. Like, we, yeah, we got to cut the Jimmy G stuff. It's, uh, it's getting bad. Numbers don't lie. What numbers? The dude, he's so regular. Wins. He's regular as, as, as regular you can be. 41 wins. They're, they're for freaking Super Bowl run he had. He, he averaged 43 yards passing. 41 wins. Ask me the question again. I'm sorry. I said, who's more important to the nine of success? Is it Kyle it's Shanahan? Kyle Shanahan. You don't got to say the other guy's name. It's Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I've never seen a bad running back play for the Niners. Sure. Have you? No, they I, all run the ball well. They did a, they good, do a job good job of, of getting the, the line in there. They do a good job. And if I look at that team, right, especially on the offense, I would go, 
uh, lineman first. Yep, Trent Williams. I would go wide receiver second. Debo Samuel. Samuel, you know. Mm-hmm. I used good I, I used to. I'm, I'm saying the group. Yep. Right? Oh, got it. Position the group. group. Yep. Position yeah. group. Yes, sir. I would go third is Running back. tight ends. Oh, tight end. Okay. Kittle? Kittle. When he's there. Yep. Yeah, right. Kittle. Don't then forget I, the pass rush. No, I'm offense. Oh, oh, I'm then, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm go, sorry. Tight ends or running backs? Have you ever put that? Yes, sir. But what I'm trying to say what is. What you trying to say? Jimmy G is last. He's the last one on the list. Yes. Right? Do we agree with that? Do you agree with that? Like, give Coach, Sh- go, give Coach Shanahan his love. Kyle Shanahan does a great job. Mm-hmm. He's one of the most brilliant minds in football. He absolutely is. I seen some, uh, what, a couple days ago or, or weeks ago where uh, Steve Young talked about, if he had a pick, oh, Troy Aitman said it. Yep. Yeah. If he had to pick a, a, a coach, he would pick him. Yes, sir. That was a bit much, but it shows you the respect that he has. Absolutely. I'd have that same type of respect. It would be Andy Reid for me, but I think he would be my second one because he's a hell of a coach. He absolutely is. He does so much with an average quarterback. I don't know how he does it. Kyle, what's your secret? How you doing? <laughs> um, <laughs> this guy, uh, Steve Young and Joe Montana and, and, well, and Jimmy G, who would you take? Like, what? That's not what I said. Not what I said. Like, what? That's not what I said. You crazy? I said Kyle. If Jerry Rice had him, he would be sick. He'll be he'll retire early. Right, retire. <laughs> Jimmy G. Jimmy, I'm wrong. Retire. Debo Samuel's an all pro. Jimmy, I digress. So I digress. Sure, Jerry Rice is. He just pisses sure, me off with his Jimmy G thing. Of all time. time. Debo yeah. Samuel's an all pro because he ran for 800 yards on he top was good of what he did. Tosses it. He, he catching balls way up here from Jimmy G. Here's like, here's here's the only. Obje- I'm gonna objectively present. Well, tell him I'm good on the Jimmy G. I don't wanna, <laughs> tell him to. I'm going to objectively present information to you, America, that really should elaborate on the respect that Jimmy G deserves. Uh, Jimmy G, Kyle Shanahan. Who's more important? Objectively, it's. Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's very simple why. When Kyle Shanahan coaches without Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan is 9 and 29. When Kyle Shanahan coaches with Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan is 41 and 19. 9 and 29 without Jimmy Garoppolo, 41 and 19 with Jimmy Garoppolo. Men lie, some women lie, not Joy Taylor, but these numbers. They do not. But the more important and more impressive number is this. So with Jimmy, 41. Let's assess how great head coaches are without their starting quarterbacks. Let's move from the micro and look at the macro. Keep the big board up, but flip the screen. See, Bill Belichick without Tom Brady, still 500 winner. Andy Reid, their former head coach, without Patrick Mahomes, wins 64% of the time. Mike Tomlin without Roethlisberger wins 500% of the time. But Kyle Shanahan without his starter wins 23% of the time. Again, men lie, Shady. I hate, I hate Women occasionally stats, lie. Numbers. But numbers, unfortunately, the Sean McCoy, they just don't lie. So what these numbers tell me, along with my eyeballs, because I do have them, Kyle Shannon without Jimmy G is not that great. But Andy Reid, Belichick, and Tomlin without their starters, they are that great. Again, this is objective data. I wish this was my subjective opinion, but America, I would be doing you all a disservice to not come up here with a contrite and honest you lie to the people and pour of... these numbers out here. Uh... Um, Joy, Dave, I'm intrigued what y'all have to say. Me too. I, just... I am too. Let's hear this. Look, I just want to tell you, America, I've been fighting that Montana, Steve Young, Jimmy Garoppolo propaganda since it was shown this weekend. I was overruled. (laughs) But I I fought for the truth. Just I want to say that. that. It's crazy, man. It's to say it's out. I would be, I would personally, I would be upset if I was Steve Young or Joe Montana, particularly Joe Montana. Um, It's Kyle Shanahan. It's not really, it's not really a whole lot to discuss. It doesn't dismiss what Jimmy Garoppolo has done in Kyle Shanahan's system, Mm -hmm. but it is obviously Kyle Shanahan because we have seen Kyle Shanahan elevate and develop quarterbacks that we don't think very much of in the past, not as a head coach, but he made Matt Schaub a Pro Bowl quarterback. Sure did do that. Uh, RG3 had his his historic rookie season with who? Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan. One good year. Well, okay. One good year. What happened uh, after that? Okay. And Matt Ryan was a league MVP. Mm -hmm. What has he done since then? Well, we watched it last night. Not great. All right. So it's Kyle Shanahan. And the biggest indictment of this conversation is that when the Niners moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo and drafted Trey Lance using an enormous amount of draft capital. A crazy price. To do so. Yep. They offered Jimmy Garoppolo to the rest of the league. And the rest of the league said, no, thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We believe you do that because you're with Kyle Shanahan. Right. Mm-hmm. So you go ahead and stay right there in San Francisco, and we're going to keep doing what we do. We feel good about what we have going on here because we think if Jimmy comes to us, we're going to get Matt Ryan, RG3, and Matt Schaub. 
So the answer is written in the wall, <laughs> written in the stars, because they already said it. The rest of the league said no thank you. Mm -hmm. So it's not that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't a capable quarterback or a winning quarterback because the wins and losses are there. Now it doesn't tell the story about all the other injuries that happened and who their backup quarterback is and, you know, the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is injured that much to begin with, which is also a factor in why they wanted to move on to Trey Lance. But Kyle Shanahan is the reason why all of this works. Jimmy Garoppolo is the walking embodiment of why wins are not a quarterback stat. That's just all there is to it. And, and the 49ers have been very... They've been very fortunate, and partially because Jimmy Garoppolo's injury history, when they haven't been good, they've been really, really bad. Yeah. And it has enabled them to draft at the top of the draft and get Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. Like, that's how you wind up stockpiling guys like that. They don't win because of Jimmy Garoppolo. But mm, now, true. Can, true, I, can, I throw you, can I throw you a bone? Don't encourage uh, this. So, well, here's the thing. Is Jimmy Garoppolo is not the reason for the Niners' success since 2017. That's, it's just not the case. But here, in the here and now, if the 49ers are going to accomplish their goals, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to play a huge part in it because we are, Trey Lance is hurt. He's not coming back. The other option is Brock Purdy. So that's where mine go, my mind goes when I hear this. You're talking about starting a seventh-round rookie with all this talent. Or Jimmy Garoppolo, who does have a boatload of experience and knows how to play with all these guys. So I will do you the credit of saying don't need it. Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo is going to need, need to play a huge role in the Niners winning a Super Bowl if that's what they're going to do. But the success of this organization over the last six years is because of Kyle Shanahan. Here is what I don't understand. <clears throat> I don't understand how you all are either willfully ignoring data or – how you all have some sort of prerogative against Jimmy G. Oh. Dave, let me start with you. You said that Jimmy G is not the reason for the 49ers' success. Let's go back to 2017. You realize the San Francisco 49ers were 1-10 to start that season. 1-10. The only thing that changed was Jimmy Garoppolo became the starter in week 11. And they went 5-0 down the stretch. Yeah. They finished 6-10. So quite literally, Jimmy Garoppolo was the exclusive reason for the 49ers' success in the 2017 season, and they weren't even successful. Okay, let's move on. Let's talk about the following seasons, when the 49ers cannot win without Jimmy G, and all they do is win to some degree with Jimmy G. Like, I don't get how can you, Dave, let me have you answer first, because you were the one who said it. How can you look at the 49ers being 9-29 and without him, Look at them being 41 and 19 with them and say that he's not the reason for their success. Because quarterback's the most important position in the sport and it's skewed to like an unreal degree. Like you've got to have baseline, competent, good quarterback play to, to succeed. You just, you can't do it otherwise. And so, yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. And more often than not, he's pretty good. That's about that's that's all I got for you, man. Like I told you this last night. If you're going playground style, all 32 of the starters standing at the front of the playground and we're sitting there going, all right, you, you, you. Where does he go? Where does he go? Where does he get picked in that scenario? He's the worst player on the offense, right? That's so disrespectful. I'm gonna say he's the worst player on the offense. They have. And then another thing about Jimmy G is let's let's stop with the games. He don't go out there and be winning these games. Yo, the, 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 in the last five, five, six years, the best run that the 49ers had was when it owned up as 19. Are you going to ignore his oh, four no, touchdowns last week? In 19, in 19, right? They went all the way to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they did. Right? Super Bowl. Wow. Oh, my God. This guy had 143 yards passing up to that point. That sounds crazy. Are you going? Oh, no, wait. I'm, I'm real quick. Let's, I want the world to hear this. Go ahead. That sounds crazy. Like, you're not even throwing the ball at all. Just running the ball, running the ball, and you're the quarterback. Come on. When we played him in the Super Bowl, when I was with the Chiefs, the objective on defense was, yo, can we please get the third down? Why? Why is that? We want Jimmy G to throw the ball. You want Jimmy, the, the, the 40 and 19 Jimmy G to throw the ball? Yes. Hell, please let him throw. 41. Bad. He's a bad. He's an average quarterback. You gotta stop with this. This is like making me go crazy. Is Jimmy taking you out on the town or something? <laughs> Seriously. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like you're not saying we say like he'd be good. Like he'd be a good wingman. That might be what's going on. Let here. me ask. Let me ask you this, Joy. You take us home. If Mike Tomlin oh. can win games with Devlin Duck Hodges, with Landry Jones, 
with rookie Kenny Pickett, with Charlie Batch, with Dennis Dixon, with an older 35-year-old Michael Vick, if Mike Tomlin can stay above 500 with that crew of characters, again, I will say, Devlin Duck Hodges, Mason Rudolph, Landry Jones, Michael Vick, Charlie Batch, Dennis Dixon, Mike Tomlin can stay at 500 and above with that, and rookie Kenny Pickett. Then if Kyle Shanahan was that good, if he was that good, who's the most important? Why can he only win 23% of the time? Who were the Niners' backups? Nick when? Mullins, 4,400 yards in his first 16 games. Mm. Brian Hoyer. Uh, NFL veteran, played 13 years in the league at this point, C.J. Beathard. Listen, Jimmy Garoppolo's not doing what he's doing with any other coach in the league besides Kyle Shanahan. That doesn't mean that Jimmy Garoppolo's a bum. I don't think he is. I actually like Jimmy more than most. I think I like Jimmy more than Shady. I, I, think, I think he's a decent quarterback. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's, not, that's, not, that's not an he's exaggeration. Right, like, I think he's, he's a regular. decent quarterback. I think he doesn't lose games. He don't do that. But I've also seen Jimmy make some crazy it's decisions true. in true. big moments true. that has lost them the game. <laughs> and my question is, and I think it's the Niners' question as well, is while he does win regular season games and has some moments in the playoffs, is he capable of winning us a Super Bowl? They don't believe that, or they wouldn't have drafted That's Trey Lance. Yeah. I didn't make it up. I don't make the rules. I wish I did. The world would be different. But according to the rules, you do, you, you've showed us what you wanted. You have Jimmy Garoppolo. You could have kept Jimmy Garoppolo. You could have used all that draft capital to make this team crazy. Look what the Miami Dolphins have done with the picks that they acquired yeah. mm -hmm. in that situation. Right? Isn't that you said it. The Niners said, we don't want Jimmy Garoppolo. We want Trey Lance. Isn't that a bigger indictment? In my mind, that's a bigger indictment on Shanahan than it is on Jimmy. Why? Because we talked earlier about Aaron Rodgers. The Packers traded up to draft Jordan Love while Aaron Rodgers was there. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. And the Packers were so foolish as to think, you know what? Let's go ahead and replace him. Jimmy Garoppolo was drafted in the second round by the Patriots in 2014. Tom Brady goes on to win an MVP along with a couple other Super Bowls. And the Patriots were like, you know what? Let's replace Tom Brady. Don't you think it is a greater indictment on the organization's than it is on the quarterback? Because we've seen no, organizations do it, crazy it, no, things. No, because listen, the Green, Bay Packers, the Green Bay Packers should not have done that. That's Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Replacing Jimmy Garoppolo is, not, is nowhere near as outrageous as trying to replace Aaron Rodgers. I guarantee you that I mean, Kyle Shanahan definitely has a crazy ego. He's an NFL coach. Course, so, like, so, I'll give you that. But I can't say I blame the guy. Again, like, top five pick, RG3, NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Top five pick, Matt Ryan, NFL MVP. Kyle Shanahan, I say, has and the right to, to think. And Super Bowl and blew the biggest lead. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I, I can imagine Kyle Shanahan saying, give me, a, give me a top five pick, I make and I will right. turn him into yeah. a star. And, Coaches and, take for, like and that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The rest of the league said it's not an indictment because the rest of the league, somebody could have traded for Jimmy Garoppolo, and they didn't. And the, the, I think the biggest narrative that we leave out of the Jimmy Garoppolo conversation, and I feel bad because I, I like you, Jimmy. I think, he's, I, think he's a, I think he's a good quarterback. They did not trade for him. The rest of the league said no, and he's always injured. That's the story that everyone leaves out. Like, he's missed a lot of time. The reason that we have that experiment of seeing what Kyle Shanahan is without Jimmy Garoppolo mm -hmm. is because Jimmy Garoppolo could not stay healthy. In fact, he had to have surgery at the end of this last year. Remember? That's another part of the reason why he couldn't go anywhere. We have to talk more about this later because I, I wonder, I wonder I at, what point, at what point does that narrative leave you, right? At what point does that injury Probably narrative... after next year because he, he just had surgery this offseason. Yes, but hasn't missed a game this season, and he played through pain last year and missed two games last year. I'm just saying. Is he top 20? I just want to know if he's Jimmy going. G's top 12. I've already counted. We'll talk oh about it coming up. Coming up, oh. Bengals, Ravens, top dogs in the AFC North. But which team do we trust more? That was a fascinating conversation. You're going to want to stick around for this one. Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, two beasts. What team do we believe in more? Don't go anywhere. I, I, need, I need a sick day. This is crazy. <laughs> I need a day, day. Now, the Bengals have won three straight games. They're coming off a win against the Titans. Now, on the other side, the Ravens. Four-game win streak was snapped after one-point loss to the lowly Jags. Both teams, seven and four. Remember, they share a division and they share star quarterbacks. Ravens have Lamar. Bengals have Burrow. Ravens have the best odds to win the AFC North, according to Fox. Bet Sportsbook. My guy Shady is hype right now. But Shady, answer me this. Who do you trust more, the Bengals led by Burrow or the Ravens led by Lamar? Are you drinking hot chocolate? <laughs> like, are you a kid? 
It's wait. not even cold in the studio. Oh, wait. I didn't I'm, know. I don't, why, why'd you get a straw? Yeah. Oh, I'm at work right now. Are we working? Are we playing? Are you drinking hot chocolate? I'm at work right now. <laughs> you're you're playing. Don't worry about my drink. <clears throat> are you drinking? Are there marshmallows in that? America. Are there marshmallows I'm work, I'm in work, that? I'm working, America. You know Answer saying? the question. How you the man? If there How are you... marshmallows? And why do I have three cups on set for two people? Because one's for water. Why don't I have let a coffee? My, let me get my onesie. I didn't get the coffee, man. You asked for a onesie. It's a one shot. A onesie is something you sleep in. I like onesies. Come on, onesies. <laughs> I'm, work, I'm working right now. <clears throat> I'm going to say I trust the Ravens. You ready to work? <laughs> the reason why is because, first of all, they have a better quarterback, for one, right? Better head coach and better defense. Way better defense. So I think if I had to pick one, I'm, I'm going with Lamar. I think Lamar is a better quarterback than Joe. I think a better team, and I think defense-wise, they're better. What's Lamar shown you in the playoffs, though, that lets you believe he's better than Joe? Playoffs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I see that shit a little. Okay. First of all, Lamar can get you there. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the first part. Check. And I, I think he's done well. I mean, he came up short a couple years, right? He's come up short, but that's what it's po- supposed to be like. Come up short, come up short, then you get better and better and better. We've seen that with all the greats, right? Especially now. Talk mm-hmm. about Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You talk about Josh Allen. They, they got, came up short, came up short. Okay, and got better and better and better. Won a Super Bowl. Now uh, the, the Bills were picked to be Super Bowl winners. So that's how that thing works. I think Lamar, I think he'll get a shot. I think once they find a way to, to kind of finalize the games in the fourth quarter, that, that's, the, that's the thing. They do good all game, and in the fourth quarter they, they get missing. If they can just find a way to fix that, they're a dangerous team. It's even hard to even have leads. True. You know what I'm saying? So True. if they can find a way to do that and get, be better at that, Dave, they can be lights out. But how can you say that you trust a team whose biggest problem is collapsing, literally collapsing in the fourth quarter? Like, that's what the Ravens are 7-4? 7-4. Seven and, four? Seven and, four. Seven and four. All of their losses yeah. are games that they had control of yeah. in the fourth quarter. How do you trust that? I, I wish I could. Like, I don't have beef with the Ravens. I think they're a talented team. On t- you got that working against them. And then on top of that, it just seems to get worse for them in terms of personnel. You know, they lose Bateman. Mark Andrews has been in and out of the lineup. Ronnie Stanley's been in and out of the lineup. I don't know what you lean on other than, hey, Lamar, go do everything by yourself. The Bengals, meanwhile, which is who I trust way, way more than the Ravens at this point in time, they're finding ways to do it without arguably their most, no, I don't want to say best because of Joe, but like most talented player. Jamar he's their best, best player. He's their best player. That's a separate conversation because quarterback. Oh, just no, he's the, the best player. Burl's more Carol. valuable. Jamar's better. Okay, whatever. Yeah. They don't have him, and they're finding ways <laughs> to win. T. Higgins is doing his thing. Tyler Boyd's been good. Joe Burrow's gotten Samaje Pirine involved mm-hmm. in this thing. And on top of that, I don't want to go back and forth because the Ravens' defense has been good over the last month. The Bengals are quietly pretty nasty themselves, and they're ah. doing it without ah. a ton of star power. I mean, they shut Derrick Henry down the other day. The Titans had nothing. And on top, again, you talk about trust. The Ravens are collapsing in the fourth quarter. The Bengals are driving, kick a field goal to try to take a seven-point lead, and they get the Titans to mess up and ice the game. They don't even have to give the ball back to the Titans. They play smart football in crunch time. There's so much more that I trust about the Bengals right now than the Ravens. I think they're pretty close. I don't think there's there's a big gap here. Uh, And and because there's issues with both teams, I got to look at the rest of the schedule. And the Ravens already have the tiebreaker. So moving forward, the Mm. rest of the Ravens schedule is Denver, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Atlanta, Pittsburgh again, and then at Cincinnati. So the next toughest game on their schedule is Cincinnati at the end of the season. Not to say that they won't lose one of these, but that's a light schedule to finish the season out, knowing what these teams are. You know, Pittsburgh's obviously going to give them uh, give them a game as they always do because they're division, but that's that's a light schedule. The Bengals have Kansas City next, then they have Cleveland. They're at Tampa Bay, at New England, then Buffalo, and then obviously Baltimore to finish the season out. So, being that the Ravens mm-hmm. have the tiebreaker right now, it's a lot more pressure on the Bengals to finish the season out strong. Now, the Ravens have been letting these fourth-quarter leads go. They do need to figure out how to close this out. But you got a nice little schedule to sort that out while you're heading into the the postseason. So I think they're both very close. I I can pick things that I like and dislike about both of these teams right now. So I'm just looking at how the rest of the season is going to play out. I believe it'll be a much easier road for the Ravens, who already have the tiebreaker. But if the Ravens can lose to the Jags, were bottom-five team in football? I think the Ravens can lose to a bottom-five team in football – when you look at the rest of their schedule, to me, does it even matter? 
at the point in which you can lose to the Jags, and Trevor Lawrence has not been good. He played his best game against the Ravens, but he has not been good thus far through a year in, you know, 70%. Does it matter who they're playing? Isn't it more about No, that? I mean, it's, it's, it's a good argument, but these, like, you got a nice game coming up against Denver to get right and figure it out. Like, I, I would rather be trying like to practice. figure out something like that against this schedule than the you know, Bengals the trying to gear up Yes, against the Chiefs right. next week. Yeah, yeah. Now, the Bengals are coming off of a win, obviously, and a nice win over you know, Derrick yeah. Henry. That's, yeah. a, that's a nice way to get that win. But we're asking who I trust more. I just got to look at how the rest of the, this, the year will play out, and the Ravens have the advantage already with having the tiebreaker. That's a fascinating question, because I don't think you're wrong, but like that's a fascinating thought of, like, would you rather be an untrustworthy team, tr- your words, trying to figure it out against a lesser schedule or a team that I trust pretty implicitly right now, the way that they're playing against a tougher schedule. Like, I trust the Bengals to potentially beat the Chiefs more than I trust the Ravens to sort out some of these issues that are bothering them, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that's, that's my concern is I'm always thinking if you can lose to the Jags, now I'm like, uh-oh, you might lose to anybody except the Broncos. Ain't nobody losing. Well, now that you say that, bro. Speaking of the Broncos, Russell Wilson, boy, he's having himself a year to forget. I mean, it's, Shady, how bad is it? Bad, bad. Yo, it's bad, (laughs) bad. We got to talk about what that means for Russell Wilson, one of the greater quarterbacks of the generation. That's next on Speak. It's bad, bad, y'all. I got to brush my teeth because it it, it stains my my teeth with the coffee. (laughs) Let's catch up on the struggles in Denver because it has been terrible for Russell Wilson. His squad lost to the Panthers. Yeah, I said it. The Panthers, led by Sam Darnold last week. They've lost three straight games. I believe their last win wasn't even in America. The offense has been non-existent all season, scoring 10 points or less four times. And third last in the league in scoring offense. It has been absolutely atrocious. Shady, how bad has this season been for Russell Wilson, man? It's been bad, 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 bad. Facts. I mean, like, everything we thought he would do, expectation level we had for this team, I don't, I don't see it. Like, where is it at? I mean, w- w- when they assembled this team together and Russ decided to come to, to, to Denver, we always say, oh, man, this team might be top five, mm-hmm. top six. Like, he's going to be cooking. He's not cooking nothing. Nobody is. Bad coaching, bad play from Russ. Now, I will, I will say this about Russ. Russ, this is not your year. It happens. The problem is, like, like, people don't give enough slack. Like, hey, you got great players that play great, and then sometimes they don't. A-Rod's not playing good this year. <laughs> Russ is, is not playing good. Next year, it might be his year. So I'm not writing Russ off. I'm just doing my job and telling you guys, <laughs> what you see is not bullcrap. That, the numbers <laughs> you see every week, that's where Russ is right now. Joy, where do you stand? How bad has this been for Russ? Uh, this has been cataclysmic. It's really bad. Bad, 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 bad. Yeah, all that. Bad. I mean, Technically, the Texans are the worst team in the league right now. Right. But if you had the options of having the Texans to play next week or the Broncos, I, That's a I great think point. you're picking the Broncos. Yeah. The Texans be spicy. <laughs> They're not going to give up. Yep. And every year we have a team that's, like, bad, but they, they play hard. There's yeah, something right, about right. them. You're Detroit, still like, Detroit, Detroit. You're still going to watch yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. you're still going to watch them. Right. You know, and then you have a team that's bad, and you're like, no, nah, they don't care. Yeah. And now I'm not saying that the Broncos don't care. They obviously care. But it is just... It's low energy. It's low vibes in Denver right now. And the problem is the expectations were so high, like Shady just said, that it's just become exhausting to talk about it. I mean, this is the biggest story that we're just all tired of talking about because we got worn out with it the first couple weeks of the season, Mm -hmm. the season all having to suffer through these awful national television games, these primetime games with Denver playing bad. So we wore it out. Now we're kind of like, oh, thank God we don't got to talk about the Broncos. This is a big deal. Russell Wilson is one of the biggest names in the sport. This is the biggest trade of the offseason. We had expectations. We were talking about, like, if they don't win a Super Bowl this year, is it a disappointment? They're worse (laughs) than they were last year. Significantly. Significantly worse. Look at this. They have to win. They have to win four more games to match their win total from last year. Listen to the rest of their schedule. Baltimore, Kansas City, Arizona, Rams, Kansas City, Chargers. They got to win four more just to match their win total from last year. So I didn't think there was anything that could happen this year with Russ and the Broncos that would damage Russell's legacy. Wrong, wrong. Got to get out of the prediction business because if they don't turn this around next year, the conversation about Russell Wilson's career in Seattle is going to pivot, and it's, 
I don't know that it's going to be unfair. I it's like been this joy. that yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. For the Broncos. I like this joy. She is spicy, this, spicy this today. The joy Am I, I like. telling lies? You ain't telling no goddamn lies out here, Joy Taylor. Um, no lies. The most notable thing for how bad it has been for Russell Wilson was the video that I'm going to have them show. Defensive tackles should not have the authority yeah. nor the boldness to go up to their quarterback and yell aggressively in their face, particularly defensive tackles not named Aaron Donald or Chris Jones. Mike Purcell, a 31-year-old defensive tackle that spent a lot of his time with the San Francisco 49ers, not a known or named player, is going up to $240 million Russell Wilson with that kind of energy? That's all you need to know, America. Russ hasn't just lost his glow on television. He's lost his glow in the locker room. That stuff does not happen in locker rooms. You do not speak to quarterbacks like that if you're a defensive player. What? You don't speak to quarterbacks like that unless you are an all-pro defensive player. And you, Mike Purcell, have the courage to go up to Russ and talk to him like that? Do we got the K.J. Hamler clip? If so, run it. K.J. Hamler, third-year receiver out of Penn State, second-rounder, I believe. He has that kind of frustration after Russell Wilson misses a pass? That is sheer disrespect for your quarterback. Quarterbacks have missed passes to receivers before, and you don't see that kind of behavior unless you don't respect the quarterback, just based on my experience of watching football and playing football. So not only is it bad on the record for the Denver Broncos, but it's bad in the locker room because Russ has lost his glow, he's lost his shine, and it appears he's lost his respect. Yeah, I don't know for sure what Mike Purcell said to him, but I like to imagine he was like, if you say let's ride one more time, <laughs> one more time I'm going to lose it on you. Yeah, and that's – it's the vibes, man. That's what happens when you have – a team with such high expectations that disappoints so much. What was what what year? What year did up in Philly? Was it the dream team? Was that twenty? Oh, oh, wait, wait. See, was that twenty eleven? Here he goes. Yeah, eleven, huh? I, I'm not answering that question. This is the most disappointing NFL team relative to expectations. That, oh yeah. Since that Philly dream team, easily. Why are you bringing that up? Because it feels pertinent. It feels pertinent when you're talking about teams attack, that start like, why you? with Super Bowl aspirations, where we're talking about this. Look, I'm sorry. I, that, I didn't have anything to do with that. I that mean, this is, this is desperation bad. And I, if we, if we want to just look at the numbers, it's not Den the Denver defense's not fault. At all. Which is why, not at all. Which is why he's probably frustrated. They are last in the NFL, the Broncos are, in points per game, 14.3. They rank third in points allowed, 17.7. .7. So if they just score 18 points... If they just score 18 points, if right. Russell Wilson, who's mm. making, what, 240 million, yep. can score 18 points, they'd be winning games. So, yeah, if I was a defensive player, I'd feel spicy, too. We're doing our job. What are you doing? This could be one of the best teams in the NFL if they were averaging even, like, 21 points a game. It. Like, a very mid number would have them with a fantastic record. And for the record... We went 4-12 that year. <laughs> we started off 4-1, though, yep. first of all. Ooh. And we were setting offensive records. Record, what happened? We just, a lot of turnovers. A lot of turnovers. That's what happened. We couldn't start up on defense, and we had turnovers. But we was going up and down the field. So watch your mouth. <laughs> watch your mouth. Coming up, it's time to take care of some family business. Uh-oh, it's going to be oh, bad. Oh, family business, baby. It's going to no. be yeah. Come back to see me wait. cry, America. I can't Look believe what is happening. Look at my boy Jalen. Look at my boy Jalen. Look at I can't Ching believe what Yeah. Yo, Dave, watch your mouth on, on air like this. <laughs> Look, it is unfortunately time to take care of some family business. For 11 weeks straight, your boy had a chokehold on first place. But unfortunately, based on our speak standings, I may have lost the throne. Are y'all surprised? Are y'all surprised? What did I tell y'all? Shady, go ahead. I'm coming for that spot. I told Acho, I told the crew. First off, let I them don't do see. No let them see. They can't even see. My uh, bad. Uh, I hate this. It's the winner by the name of Shady, whoever that guy is. <laughs> this is terrible. Look at you. Listen, it's, it's all joy good. above it's me because it's alphabetical order. Oh, what is that? A, a, a is for beauty, Dave. Okay, Dave, yeah, you are sure. last. I am in Big last dog. place. Yeah. I'm embarrassed. We are tied. Uh, joy, confidence that you can catch. Uh, I need both of you to have a, a bad week. I've been having a couple no, bad weeks. I had one really bad week. This is your only ask, week. Ask this is your only ask, lean ask, week. Ask that question. It's the only one. Yeah, that's it for us. Best basketball. Hey. Will you catch me? <laughs>